Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, gentlemen, and apparently Tyler with his new Crocs. That's how how we're going to start this. We're just jumping right into Crocs. Apparently, (laughs) apparently. Oh, boy. Ryan has house Crocs. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Which now Tyler has copied Ryan to get house Crocs. No, Ryan convinced me to do it. He's like, dude, try them on. Are you like jealous? That's what I'm taking. Do you get paid by Crocs? Are they giving you like spiffs for selling their shoes? I mean, we should. It's so nice to have a pair of Crocs right by the door. You go out in the garage. You can walk out to the street, talk to the neighbors while you're having a beer. Can't go barefoot like a man. No, it's I don't, I don't know what's out there. It's a construction zone, man. There's nails and shit. Be a man. I don't know what's out. I don't know who puts things on the street. But now I can keep barefoot in the house and not have to worry about traping in dirt and shit. Well, you have house crocs. Still, they're not house crocs, then, Ryan. If you're if you leave them by the door to go outside, then they're not house crocs. They're outside crocs. They're crocs. <laughs> they're they're oh, no time out. They're only house crocs because I don't wear them in public. They're utility crocs. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. I only wear them around the house. I don't like go to the store. In do, you crocs. Cut, I don't, do you cut your grass I don't in them? Stoop myself. That no, I can't cut my grass with those things. I've got softball shoes. I wear for those. Okay, so I. I don't have Crocs to go out to do stuff in the yard and to the mailbox. What I do is when I retire a pair of shoes, those shoes become the outside shoes. That's fair. So like right now I've got a pair of, uh, I've got a pair of Nike uh, free run fly knits that I go out in because those are like the most comfortable shoes you can get. Surprise. You don't have the Monarchs. No, I, I exclusively run the fly nets because they are the, I have big feet and they're the most comfortable shoe. Like you can get, they bend every which way and it's fantastic. And again, I don't get paid by Nike either, but this is a hockey podcast and we've got Red Wing stuff to talk about. We're done talking about Crocs. You derail us on the Crocs podcast, Mr. Welcome, welcome Croc to talk, talking Crocs. That's what we're going to be. It's our next up. I just want the simple dark gray. They're nice and they're comfortable too. They're just evenly comfortable. My wife wears Crocs and she just got a pair of fleece lined Crocs. Are you wearing them right now, Tyler? Oh Lord. Okay. okay. You're taking it to a different level. You now we need to have guys. an intervention. <laughs> so the Red Wings are playing good hockey still. Who would have thought that this far into the season, what are we now? Uh, 15 games in? Eight plus six is 14, 16 games, game 17 right now as we speak. And the Red Wings oh. have a winning record. Like, it's it, somehow, and we're beating 
good teams and we're coming back and winning. We just had our best performance of the season against the Edmonton Oilers. Shout out to Keith, who we sent to the game. We're like, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Keith, for sending you to the best game they've played all season. And shutting down Connor McDavid, he only got like one point. Yeah, was, he was out of one shot, which was a goal. I don't think Dreisaitl had any shots in that game, if I remember correctly. No, and if Dreisaitl and McDavid aren't scoring, the Oilers aren't winning. So it's and it's weird. To me, it's weird because going in, we knew this team would be better. We knew it would be better than they were last year because the offseason changes and bringing in guys like Raymond and Cider. And we knew that they would have an effect on the team and we talked about this last week. I don't think we knew they would have this much of an effect on the team this quickly. No way. And and the instant chemistry Raymond's had with Larkin and Bertuzzi and being able to flex guys up and down the lineup, and now we're getting solid play from Nemestikov, which is great up in his trade value for the deadline. Stonks. Yeah, <laughs> as uh, Rowan would say, the Nemesta stonks are through the roof right now. But they're the whole team is playing really well and ned ned's been standing on his head he got like player of the week for making like what was it 66 like only letting in four goals on 66 shots or something so it's been really impressive what they've been able to do and i think we're just going to recap the games really quick that we played uh since last time we talked so last time we talked we had just beaten the vegas golden knights five to two that was a sunday game uh, so then was the Oilers. We beat them four to two. Like we said, best game they played all season. I want to get you guys' impressions of the game before we move on to the next one. I was randomly at that game. I went with a buddy of mine. And for one, okay. that's rude. Um, for one, that was for one. That yeah, was very you, Tyler. rude, Tyler. Watching Connor McDavid in person never is a dull moment. It, it, like we know how fast he is. We see the highlights and everything. But watching him do it, I think it was the power play that we got to watch him cut right in front of us uh, and drive in on mm-hmm. the net, the one where he kind of ended up having to jump through the crease. He made everyone look like they were nothing. And he just drove on by, got a shot on net, got frozen, thankfully. Or no, I don't even know if he got the shot off. Anyways, but it was just he is everything you would expect to see in person and more. And I, it's, it makes it a lot of fun. And that was my highlight of like getting to go see the wings game that night. But I think what we noticed, or at least what I noticed is that was a complete defensive effort more than we saw in any other game. Even like the way yeah. that I want to, I think the best comparison you can make is maybe the Calgary game where they shut us out at home. What three, nothing. That is kind of what Detroit reminded me of that game against Edmonton, the way they were, every time someone was on the puck, they were all over them. They're getting in shot lanes, breaking up the passes, but they had the rush going. They were using the speed that they've got and they kept up with Edmonton. And I think that was the most, probably one of the fastest games I've seen them play as a whole as on top of it all. And it was just, it was just good. It was just sound hockey. They scored goals when they needed to score goals and they shut down dry saddle McDavid. And it was, it was, it was, a hell of an effort. Yeah, they uh that was the probably the best game of the season. I mean, they they really that was a complete effort. I know they kind of were back on their heels in that third period, but I mean, they were going to come hard and uh you know, they had their chances, but um they played well. I mean, they they did everything they had to do to win that game. They blocked a lot of shots it seemed like. And uh yeah, that was a complete effort all the all the way around. 
And to beat that kind of team, and I know they lost to Buffalo, but even Buffalo is not as bad as they've been in years past. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, everyone wanted to talk about how this team was going to be another lottery team, and it still may very well be, but right now they're not playing like it. And it doesn't seem like it's going to come to that point unless, you know, they have a bad losing streak, which I really don't foresee happening. The effort level is there and, uh, you know, they've really kind of turned a corner and hopefully they can continue this going. Well, according to Micah in Effective Math on Twitter, the Red Wings have a 51% chance of both missing the playoffs and missing the lottery. Oh, shit. So uh, right at that, right at that edge right there. Um, it could still go either way. Again, 50% chance. So hey, at least it's been fun. Doesn't. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's been good hockey. And would we love another lottery pick, a top two, because now they're only drawing one and two? Sure. Absolutely. Everyone would. The chances are, apparently, if we finish nine or 10, our chances are better than finishing top three. Sure. But am I comfortable with where our farm system is right now? Yeah. Here's the biggest thing for me. It's like, when you were the Red Wings, when Jeff Blaschel first took over, that team was a playoff team or a bust. If they didn't make the playoffs, then it was just like, okay, we're wasting a chance at a high yep. draft pick. Now it's like you have young players, so getting them experience in the playoffs or even in a playoff push is better than starting another losing culture. I really think that there's benefits to, I mean, yeah, I know in, in, in hindsight, you would love to have a second overall pick or a first overall pick, but let's just put it this way. We haven't had the luck anyways. So why not try to win as many games as possible? And why not try to get this core an opportunity at maybe a playoff, a playoff spot, or even, you know, just close enough. You know what I mean? Like playing in those meaningful games in March and, and April. Yeah, there's merit to it, but the the opposite side of it is that do you want to do that even though you're not ready to compete in the playoffs? Do you want to get the kids in there and say you're getting them playoff experience, but they're doing this on accident. Like this, this wasn't expected. I don't think, I don't think they thought Lucas Raymond was going to come in here. I mean, if you really want to go back to training camp, they thought that Jacob Verano was going to be the guy on yeah. that line. They didn't think Lucas Raymond was probably even going to make this team. I still think Lucas Raymond would have yeah. made it. He yep. could have played himself into it. I'm, that's a good point. But I'm, I'm just saying there's a chance that he did, doesn't even make this team if Verano doesn't go down. See, that I don't agree with. I think Lucas Raymond was making the team regardless. Yep. They would well, have waived someone like Carter the way Rowney. he's playing? Yeah. Yes, I, I, I would agree well, with you. Even through camp. Because look at your top nine if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, and, and then what do they do when Verona comes back? Now, what I do when Verona comes back is you drop Robbie Fabry and you wave someone like Rowney or drop him to a third whoever. line. You mean? Yeah. You drop yeah. Fabry down to the third line and your second line is then Verona, Suter and Zadina. So it, I don't think we did not expect them to be where they're at right now. I, I bet you with, you know, with what management saw, it's exactly what they expected. Oh, I guarantee but, it. You know, you, that's, you know, that's a little smirk that Eisman gets. He's probably got, had yeah. that from every single game. I mean, we also haven't, ta- I, to me, I don't think we've talked about guys like Suter and Nemestikov. I know we've talked about Vlad some, <laughs> but Suter has really turned it on. He's starting to look like the guy we expected. And then he's like, I think we talked about him a little bit. He looks more comfortable. Yes. Yep. There, there's chemistry now on those lines and they're just, he's putting the puck in the net too. Yeah, a little bit. That, I think that's just really been the upside because they have three lines that they can roll. We know they've been, for the most part, they've been rolling four lines this year. Yep. 
and the fourth line kind of is a bit of a, a hodgepodge at times because I mean, majority of the time is what Giovanni Smith out there, but then he does something stupid, gets in the penalty box, and then we start seeing the first line getting rotated on the fourth line. So it's just yeah, one of those. There's a couple games on this schedule that were automatic losses before the puck even dropped. I mean, that game in Montreal where Larkin and Bertuzzi both didn't play, and then that game in Boston where Larkin and Bertuzzi both didn't play. That was just a disaster. Both of those games were disasters, and I don't want to bring those back up. But yeah, I mean, you can look at the Calgary game, and you're just like, "What the hell happened there?" They shouldn't mm-hmm. have really lost that Tampa game, but they lost Larkin, so that didn't help. Yeah, Bertuzzi played the Boston game, Tyler. Oh yeah, he did. You're right, but he didn't play the Montreal game. Obviously, no, he can't. Yeah, and what was I gonna say? I think their record with Larkin and Bertuzzi in the lineup is like seven and two or something like that. <laughs> Seven, two, and one, something, something close to that. Uh, it's they My lose when they're Hang both on. not there. Yeah. That's what happens when they're not there. Oh. They lose. So the Edmonton game was a really good game. Like we said, best game they played all year. The flip side of the Edmonton game, and not even the flip side from the point of view of it was a bad game, was the Washington game where they just got demolished defensively. Caps one, two to nothing. The Red Wings really, they had chances. Nothing was going in. It was a literal shutdown effort from Washington. But they played a good game. That's the thing is, Mm -hmm. that's the best outcome you probably could have expected from that game. You didn't lose like five to nothing. You played a complete game. They just played amazing shutdown defense. Mm -hmm. And it was was beautiful to see from the Caps. And I can't be Mm -hmm. mad at the Wings for losing that game. I can't. Because yeah. they tried the whole time. They didn't let up in the second period and play garbage time in the last ten minutes. That was just a that was just a defensive effort by the yeah. Capitals. Yeah, the Wings um, only had twenty one shots on net, and of course it was against a younger goaltender. Where as we've been talking about every game, it's either we're getting shut out or we're going to score four goals. We are so generous to rookies. So generous. And of course, this guy gets the shutout. Grice had a good game too, for the sake of it. I mean, those two goals and ten, like his the second goal that he let up, I think could have been saved. But that's just me being here, getting angry fan. The first goal he had no chance on. No, uh, and then the second goal on the pseudo breakaway, if you will, that was just a well placed pocket in between the arm, and there's nothing he could really do about it. So uh, other than that, that was the action of the game, and you're just like, mm. oh, okay. So this is what we're going to do. But. Fukali was supposed to be a, like... All right, is it Fukali or Fukal? Because Ken Cal Fukali, posted a I thing where I thought it was Fukal. I, I thought Fukali. it used to be Zach Fukali when, that, when he was in the yeah. World Juniors with mm, Canada. Yeah. I remember he won gold a couple times. And I swear Ken posted that. Well, it could be Fukal, but I'm just saying back when, you know, anyone knew who he was, it was is Fukali. It that could be. That'd be, <laughs> that would be way cooler. Fuck-all. <laughs> yeah, he played good in that game. You know, the one thing that, you know, everyone talks about is is Alex Ovechkin didn't register a shot in that game, and he was no. trying to pass Brett Hall, and it didn't happen until the next game. Yeah, it was the first time, and what did they say, like 50? He had, like, a shot in 59 games straight or something. <laughs> he had registered yeah. a shot on goal. How is that even possible? Uh, he had really bad luck in that game. He hit, I think he hit everything on the ice but the net. He, had, he, he was hitting people. Did, did he have a post shot that game? He was pissed, too, because uh, they didn't call, like, an interference or something on him. Yeah, what was that about? He got mad because he thought – I think he thought there was an interference. Join and, the fucking party. And it wasn't called. And he was yelling uh, at the rest from the bench because he could, they played the video after, and he was 
extremely upset. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, people complain about calls all the time. It's nothing new. Oh, like Sidney Crosby fucking choke slamming a dude oh into the boards. Oh my god. Sidney <laughs> Crosby should go to prison Fuck for that. that. Like he grabbed him by his head and flipped him into the boards. Who the Fuck! Is there no call on that? No call. No review. No, no, no comment nothing. from Dops. Not even a comment nothing. from the Department of Player Safety saying nothing. no. Because they at least explain certain calls as to why there is no discipline being given out. The, this one is completely indefensible. If there's certain players that made that exact same play, Tom Wilson, for instance, the world would have been in an uproar. Yeah, and he would have been suspended like five games. But because it's fucking Crosby, not a goddamn word is said. How? how, how? The way I look at that hit, yeah, you shouldn't do it. That should be a two-minute penalty, and that's it, or four-minute, or throw him out or whatever. But that's not a suspension. He grabbed him by his head and flipped him into the boards. Me? I think it looked a lot worse than it oh. was. Oh, All right. He God. went head first into the boards, Tyler. How do you not, How do you say it looked a lot worse when he literally spun around, reached up around the guy's head neck area, and flung him backwards into the boards? Okay, that's uh, that's not hockey. Know. No, it's not hockey, but I don't think it's suspendable it either. You can't just suspend people for everything nowadays. So what if he so he lands headfirst into the boards? What if he breaks his neck? Okay, that's different. No, it's not. But because there was no injury, it's okay. No. Okay, you want to give him a game? Give him a game. He should. It's have. intent to injure. It's the same Larkin thing. Larkin sucker punch. Joseph got intent to injure. Yeah, you want to put it that way, yeah. And Joseph got right back up too. Yeah. No, he should have been suspended okay. at least the game. I don't care yep. who it is, how it went about. Like that, that was just complete bullshit. Because you need to show, you need to show the league you're serious. And I mean, you've already missed We've literally already, every chance you've had yeah, this season. They've already flown that, flowed that coop. It's fucking gone. But if you want, you want to actually start looking like it. And apparently, there's a rumor that uh, Peros could be up for the Ducks job, get and the that would get out him of the out of the department of player safety. Exactly. So put someone in there. Put Dmac head of department of player safety. That'd be beautiful. That would be beautiful. The game would be the beautiful game that it used to be again. <laughs> but that's that's we need someone in there that actually cares, and Peros does not care. There's zero care. So the Capitals game God. was the opposite of the Oilers game in terms of what the Red Wings were able to do, not what they did, but what they were able to do. And then we defeat the Montreal Canadiens. Fuck the Habs. Their fans cried. Did you see their fans crying online? What were they doing? I missed calls and whatever. Oh, it's the refs' some way fault that they lost that game? Anytime they lose, it's the refs' fault. Uh, okay. But, the, yeah, we won in overtime. Another beautiful Dylan Larkin overtime goal. And now Dylan Larkin, I think, is uh, sixth uh, Red Wings to uh, in most overtime goals with seven. I think Fedorov leads with, like, 11. Ooh. So, that yeah. Is sad. So it's it's uh he's he's rising, but it's his wow. overtime Larkin. That's why I've got the shirt that says it's Larkin overtime. It was good. <laughs> it was a good game. Again, that was a good game. Was scary for a while, and then the Red Wings pull it off in overtime. And more importantly, Lucas Raymond gets another point and keeps his streak going. And he has another point tonight in the Columbus game on a beautiful turnaround, no look pass. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which apparently now the Red Wings are tied two to two. So that's. Not fun, but we did. We beat the Habs. It's got it's they've scored two goals since we started recording. If that says anything, but we beat the Habs. That was that was the story in America, though. We need to beat them there. That's a little bit harder. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see you know what's crazy. Like, I even saw Montreal in person. I was at the Bruins Habs game last night, 
that Montreal team's not as bad as their record is. Like they play hard. They're just they just don't have the difference makers that you know a lot of other teams do. They they, they play a tough game. I mean, even against the Wings, they were the better team a lot of that game. I mean, from what I saw, anyways. I don't know if you guys want to interject and say not, but. I thought defensively it was kind of a clinic and then the wings kind of did pull it off there in the end. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, that Montreal team is, is just not as bad as their record is. I don't understand either. They just play down to their competition or they just, they play up when they play the red wings or they play Boston. Cause I mean, they, they played a pretty good game last night. I know they lost, but Holy crap. They lost. That's all I care about. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Oh man, because they the, the fans were so so excited that they were going to make the playoffs again this year. They were going to make the push. playoffs. They didn't <laughs> listen to anyone who said they were in a joke division. But go go Caulfield, man. Yeah, how many how many goals has he scored in the AHL? That kid's still going to be good. He's going to be fucking really good. So that was the Montreal game. Now the Red Wings, like we said, are tied two two against the Blue Jackets. They look good. One of the goals, Merz Lincoln should have saved it. He had line of sight all the way to it the entire way. And it was the Rasmussen. Michael Rasmussen scored a goal. That is first of the year. Rasmussen, that is his first of the year. Seventh point in 17 games. It's, yeah, not. I mean, Michael Rasmussen, with how his preseason was and how his training camp was, we thought he was going to come in and be really good. And he's come in and been meh. Okay. Okay. He's middle of the pack defensively. He's not like like Ryan said. He's not making a ton of stuff happen offensively. But we thought he was going to solidify himself as a great third line center. And granted, he does have a goal today that was like from the dot. He he threw a slider basically on on Elvis. He just it's he's someone I think we need to see more from because he's either hot like he was in preseason or he's cold and it seems like nothing's happening and he's falling down again. I was just waiting to get to that point. He has been going (laughs) down so much. Like, and what's worse is that I feel like he's been prepping himself. Like he's getting the hockey butt pose going and he's sticking himself out there. And then he's just like, Oh, I'm down. A good Michael Rasmussen is one that is not falling down. And we've mentioned this several times. We even said, I think at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the season, he had, uh, it seemed like he had much better balance and he was standing up and skating and scoring goals and making good defensive plays. Now we need a fall for 60 for him. Well, it seems like he's struggling to use his body. He's falling down more. He's a big guy. Did he grow again? again? (laughs) Did we just say that at the same time? (laughs) I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's there's it's like the tale of two Michael Rasmussen's. It's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with him. Got to get a different cut on his skates. I or some different skates or or that. I <laughs> I just I don't know what to do with him because I I see the skill there. The skill is there. Oh yeah, no doubt. He's he's comfortable in his skin out there. It's just that the puck that, is it confidence? That ass, maybe is it is he in the same boat as Adina right now? Is he just not a center? Well, see, Zadina is mm. is a little different. Uh, Zadina right now, and if I still have that up, I believe he sits third on the team in Corsi 4, 5v5 Corsi 4. Uh, as a whole, I've got, yeah, he is. I don't have the 5v5 pulled up, but yes. So his Corsi all right now, he's at a 52-1, which is good. That's really good. His Fenwick's a 52.7. It's 
it, he is playing the way he needs to be playing. He is impactful on the ice. He's been solid defensively. It's just pucks aren't going in the net for him, mm-hmm. which is kind of sucks. But he, other than that, other than that, he's playing well. And I think career right now, he's a 0.5 point per game, per game player career wise right now. So I can't really be mad at him. He's got six points in 16 games, which is low. But again, he's Very, doing the for things the ex- expectations very low. Sure. But he's doing the things he needs to do on the ice to be positively impactful. Mm-hmm. I need to see more production. That's sure. th- th- no excuse. He's playing with some good players. There's got to, there's got to be more production there. I mean, I know at some point in time it's luck, but I feel like at some point in time, he's either going to get lucky and score a bunch of goals or it's just not going to come, and he's going to have to find a way to get himself on the score sheet in another well, way. Well, you know what's fantastic is that he's in a contract year. By contract, meaning his, his ELC expires. He's going to get signed now for several Holy years crap. at a very cheap contract. That's fine. So in a way that actually works out great in terms of timelines and contracts and their cap yep. situation. So while I want pucks in net, yeah, this makes it cheaper and more affordable for a couple of years. You put them on a bridge deal, you kind of ride this one out and see what happens. Saves more money for Cider and Raymond. Yeah, and Larkin as well. I, I don't want to sound like an idiot in saying this, but like when I watch Phillips Adina... Not a good preface, Tyler. No, it's not. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> okay, when I watch Phillips Adina... He reminds me of a more skilled, a little bit better defensive Thomas Tatar. He tries to do too much with the puck. Yeah. Uh, see, I think the difference, though, is, is that he's more polished. He can Tatar score tried a little to bit more. Through you. Zadina tries to pass <laughs> through you, but it's the same yeah, outcome. Yeah. They kind of remind me of each other just a little bit. Not, not you know, that's, apples to apples that's, or that's anything not a bad like that. Comparison. I, I can see where you're going with that, and I, I can tend to agree with it. But I think the only difference is that is the defensive aspect that Zadina has that Tatar did not have. No, he's gotten much better defensively. He really does show some effort mm-hmm. defensively. I love that. His shots on the power play, he's got to hit the net more. He's getting the opportunities on the one tees, and he's missing the net a ton. So. Yeah, he's really uh, poking or Ferk out there right now. <laughs> Ferk, both of them. He's Ferking out on the ice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not ready to jump on, and I won't be ready to jump on the trade Zadina bandwagon. What are you going to trade him for right now? Yeah, you're not going to get Why? much for Wait, him right people now. People are wanting to trade him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen trade Zadina. I've seen no. send him down to the AHL. I've seen uh, put him on the fourth line and move uh, Nemestikov do up. What does that do? Nothing. And what? It's, they're making him a scapegoat. That's the thing. They need to find someone to be mad at. And right now you can't be mad at Jeff Blaschel. They're winning games. I still can't get past the fact that you just said people want to trade him. Yep, trade him. That's right, what is this saying. on Facebook? Uh, I've seen both. I've seen trade him and and Rasmussen. See, I've been on online less lately, and it's kind of fantastic. But so I haven't <laughs> seen these comments. Why? I don't get that. He's no, 21. They have to find us. Exactly. That's the other half of it is he's 21 years old. It's and, not like he's 26 and has been doing this for four years and for five years. He's played 102 hockey games. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, he's a 0.5 point per game player throughout his career with the pandemic in, in the middle of it. Who was yeah. somebody, was it Jake that recently posted, uh, it might've been Vrana through like his first three or four seasons and not a whole lot was going on in the last like three seasons. It's just been like, Oh my God. Is that who, is that who posted that? Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I think it was Verona. I think I saw it. It was too. it was like last week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like no, but here here you go. Here is other trade pieces. Other trade pieces to look for, in my opinion, are Hronik and Zadina. I would trade Rasmussen and Zadina for a stocked vending machine. Zadina looks like he's going to be part of a trade package at this point. I don't want to give up on him, but he isn't giving me much. What? Um, yeah, I just, it's, and then a lot of people are like, well, he's not an Iserman pick, so he's gone. I mean, that, that, there is a point there. There is a point there that he is, he isn't an Iserman guy. So, if Steve doesn't want him here or whatever, he'll be gone. Yeah, but that's I not going to be a just... trade that's going to be for a draft pick. You're trading for another player if you're going to be yep. getting rid of him. Yeah, it would be probably someone in a similar situation that was a higher draft pick that hasn't panned out. No, I think that ends up being something a package else. deal where you're trying to get someone good, and Zadina is going to be one of those chips. That's possible. Yeah, I don't think it doesn't make sense at this point for a 21-year-old <laughs> player to get traded for just a draft pick. You know what happens if he scores tonight and scores a couple times this week, this all goes away. No, it'll it'll start being though. There's just his trade stock going up, but you've got more. We need to trade Zadina. Zadina doesn't have it and isn't going to be any good. Uh, it's just, it, this is all Twitter. None of it is Facebook. As I said, Facebook has leaked this Yes. Yep. Mm. And, and you can't do that. You can't go back and look, well, should have drafted this person. No one was taking Quinn Hughes there. No one. Absolutely no Wasn't one. Wasn't he one spot behind him? I would have. I would have taken the defense when they needed him seven? at the time. Because I know originally we thought we were going to get – We I think weren't we talking about wanting uh, Bouchard or Boquist because they were big right shot D. And then everything went fucking haywire. Yeah. Well – well, when Zadina was still there, I know a lot of people were like, take Zadina. What's well, because the Habs that... went crazy and went after Kakaniemi. Right. They derailed everything. I remember a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, if, if Zadina is there, take Zadina. I'm like, okay, you know, I've seen a lot of highlights. You know, he was mm-hmm. good in the World Juniors, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, he he was a good player. He was there, and they wanted a forward for some reason. I would have taken a defenseman. I would have taken Bouchard or Quinn Hughes, but – I mean, I mean, you look at most of the picks in the first round after that, like not a whole lot of guys that'd really be – and you get Rasmus Sandin. We did get Joe Bellino. And while we are deep in discussion, we do need to break it up for a second for a word yeah, – yeah, get it. It pucks in deep, Ryan. For a word from our sponsor, DraftKings, the NHL season is underway in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indian, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, that's the next one I want to talk about is Joe Valeno, who started off the season in Hmm. Grand Rapids, came up, played some games, uh, scored a goal. 
went back down to Grand Rapids on Sunday, this past Sunday, and now he's back again. But he's back Thanks again. Thanks to Mitchell you- Stevens. Yeah, Mitchell Stevens, again, seeing a specialist because everyone on the Red Wings needs to see a specialist. Well, he's actually something. been put on IR, so he's out 10 games. Uh, was Stetcher put on IR? No. Because Stetcher is getting a second opinion from another specialist. So Stetcher's on specialist number two. Yeah, Stetcher is not showing his IR. Stevens is. Okay. Yeah, I saw the tweet about that. But Mitchell Stevens out with some kind of injury. Mm-hmm which gives Joe Valeno a chance, but Joe Valeno is playing fourth line center right now. And that's, and he's and on I the PK. He, he's, sure. he's taking all the roles for him. Great. For I get it. But did, wasn't it the beginning of this, of the season where they said they weren't going to play Joe Valeno at fourth line. They weren't going to play him unless he was playing impactful minutes. Yep. And I know that they play their fourth line quite a bit and that he's going to get special teams, but I'm not playing Joe Valeno on the fourth line. Like, at this point, and I know Rasmussen scored tonight, I would have moved Rasmussen down the line and moved Valeno, uh, or, and played Valeno at 3C. I would have left Valeno in Grand Rapids to play important minutes. Especially and for I the build have, on those lines on the wings. Like, it, it wouldn't really have hurt. Sure. But I would have moved – I would have left Valeno in Grand Rapids to play big minutes, and I would have slid Gagne over and played Giovanni Smith. He's because a- Giovanni Smith is sitting on the bench right now. Giovanni, mm. you mean in the press box? Mm. Sure, he's he is not playing. He yeah, is not on Joe Valeno through two periods has the lowest ice time at seven minutes and eighteen seconds. The only two and the two guys ahead <laughs> of him are Carter Rowney at seven twenty, and Philip Sedina has seven fifty five. I gotta wonder if um, Valeno's confidence is. Dipped. I don't think so. I think he's out. He's flying on the ice right now. I don't think he's the kind of guy that lets that get to him. But my Good thing is, is Joe Valeno should probably be playing, I don't know, what, 13, 14 minutes? Probably. And what's he, and he's going to get, what, 10 and a half this game? Maybe. Depends on how the game goes, if they're on the PK a bunch. And yeah, that's about, about the only way. So I guess my, my question is why? Why? That's my question. Why? Why did you get him all the way? Did Stevie go pick him up? Did he come back with Iserman again this time? But why why bring him over when you've got a guy sitting waiting to play in a Giovanni Smith who his confidence has to be completely shot yeah. at this point? I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be more impactful than Giovanni Smith and the limited role he's gonna have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Smith right now is again sitting in the press box doing nothing. Can't go to Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, got to be. I think someone said earlier. He's just got to be really disappointed and he has to find his way to I mean, play. The difference but you're not too is Stevens is your center. You need your replacement center. Just center. slide Gagne over. Gagne can play center. Nah. I'd rather have slide Gagne at, over. At the, with the way that things have been going, I'd rather have Valeno all day over Smith. Yeah, I agree. I think Smith has been lackluster, to well, say the uh, least. I want Valeno over Smith, too, but that's not my argument. My argument is that I think it is more valuable for Valeno to be playing 17 minutes a night in Grand Rapids than it is to, for him to be playing 10 minutes or sub 10 minutes in Detroit. I kind of agree with that. It's kind of like the um, Thomas Yurko effect almost. Oh, that was just because Thomas Yurko was a YouTube superstar. Or Nosek. Maybe Nosek's <laughs> more appropriate. Right, but but the thing is, I, I kind of agree with what both of you guys are saying. Obviously, you want Valeno to get some NHL experience and and kind of start you know building and starting his NHL career without having to worry about getting sent back down. But, I mean, if he's only going to play 9 to 12 minutes, I mean, what's the point? 
I, I sort of agree here with Greg with this one. What's the point of having him up here? I mean, what to be with the guys? I mean, he can be sure. with the guys, you know what I mean? And, and he's been playing pretty good in Grand Rapids. So why bring him up here and put him on the fourth line? That just doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. Unless you're putting him on the fourth line, he's going to kill some penalties and he's going to play some second power play unit or something. I mean, that would be even a little bit more appropriate. Say, have they even had a power play opportunity tonight? No, I don't think so. So, I mean, that's the only way I would play him on the fourth line. But even then, you can't find a spot for him on the third line. You, you, yeah. You could. I mean, again, I would have moved Rasmussen down or moved Rasmussen to a wing and move Ernie down to the fourth line. Or play Joe Valeno on the wing I like on the third that line. Third line a little bit. Sure. Now, well, the third line's clicking now because Nemestikov is playing well. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the other one we haven't mm-hmm. talked about is Nemestikov, who Bloody. is scoring more than empty net goals, mm-hmm. and he's getting real, real happy. He's been flying around the ice. Yeah, I, you see his yep. celly where he just grabs his jersey, and it was it was really good. And he's happy, and he's yeah, and he's. He's flying and he's confident. And that's what we haven't seen the past seasons with Nemesikov is there was like no confidence. And then he'd score empty net goals and he'd boost his, he'd pad his stats and we'd move on. But Nemesikov is, is clicking in what's this, his third year yeah. here. Kind of so, here, of course. Holy crap. Yeah. So he's, he's coming on now. Do I see him here past this season? Yes. <sighs> do you? I do. Okay. Okay. So you let someone like Gagne walk. Mm-hmm. You've got to probably bring in a Bergeron maybe next season. Yeah, the, the biggest thing with Domestikov that's in his favor is he's playing on a cheap contract. You can probably get him back on that. He's getting paid $2 million a year, but he's also sub-30. He wants to be here. I think he, he turns oh, yeah. it. He, if they bring him back and they don't, I mean, Carter Rowney, he's probably gone. Sam Gagne, toss-up. But Vlad coming back makes him the elder statesman on this team. Stahl's gone. Yeah. Nick Luddy, turned, I mean, if they re-sign him, if he comes back, he would be the oldest player on this team. And he's what, 20? He's what, 30? Right, no, nope, take I that think. back. So let's keep going further down into the goalies. So skater-wise, yeah, Nick Luddy's 30 years old. He'll yeah. be 31 in March. Yeah, uh, Grice. 35. I don't, know if, I don't know if he'll be here next season. Probably not. I doubt it. He yeah. turns 36 oh. in January. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's also played well most nights. Mm-hmm. But it's – I I think to end the Valeno conversation, I would – like I said, I'd rather give him more minutes and let him play more impactful um, situations in Grand Rapids than give him low time here. Because if you're getting a lot of PK time, great. That's not something that's guaranteed. Special teams is not guaranteed. So that's not guaranteed time. You can guarantee him fourth line minutes, but you can't guarantee him the extra time that you would give him if it happens, but it's not up to you if it happens or not. Why not? Like, see, the one thing I don't like about Jeff Blaschel, like you watch a lot of these other teams and like, yeah, they have set lines, but once in a while, just to switch things up a little bit, they'll throw a younger guy up on the second line just for a shift or two. And just to see if anything sticks or, you know, and I'm not saying that you have to do that every single game, but like in a game, like the capitals game, right. They, they weren't generating a lot of scoring opportunities. They weren't scoring goals. That Fukali kid did play good when he had to, but Uh-oh. like in one of those games where you can't score, why does it always have to be the same thing over and over and over and over and over again? 
bring a guy up, bring, put Rasmussen on the mm-hmm. second line just to see what happens for a shift or two. Don't do that, please. <laughs> but you, you, I don't mean exactly Rasmussen. I'm just saying like, switch it up a little bit. They never do it. And I don't understand well, why it's like, you see a lot of these other teams with really good coaches that, that will like Darren, you'll Darren see, brought up a point. Darren said, could it be continuity between the first three lines that the coach is looking for? And that's it. You, the Red Wings have been that's playing possible. well. The Red yeah. Wings have been winning games. In the games that they're losing, they're not getting blown out. Besides the Boston game, absolutely. And in the have one of the Habs games, but it was we're not getting blown out, and they're still playing competitive hockey, and they're finding a way to win. And in games like the Caps game, they're still playing a very good game. They just didn't win. So it's building the chemistry. It's keeping the chemistry and not letting one loss or one bad move or one player going down mess that whole thing up. So it's, I think Flash is trying to keep his blender in the cabinet for now. He's doing, I think he's done well at not going crazy. He has. This is the thing. Can we say nice things about Jeff Flash? Is that allowed? Or are going to stop Tyler listening might to us? Su- like shut us if we say anything nice about him. Hey, no, no, listen, uh-uh. listen. I don't hate Jeff Blaschel. I want the team to do well. So if the team's doing well and he's the head of the team, I'm fine with him being the head coach of the team. It's just when you're when you're losing constantly and your team doesn't look like you're showing effort, that's when I get pissed. How much is that on the coach, though? They're not losing constantly, A lot constantly, of it's on though. the coach. And the effort thing is They're more on the a- team than the coach, necessarily. You can only do... You can only tell guys not to, to pull it out of their own ass as much as you can before they finally don't do it. Exactly. They're tuning you out. You're not tuning them out. Are you, have you been watching these games? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that right now. I'm not, I'm not saying that this year at all. I'm saying last year and potentially the year Tyler before. Tyler is going off of the – it's the coach's job to get them ready for the game. I think it's partial. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, yes, I'll, I'll agree that it's a coach's job to get players – mentally ready to an extent mentally but that's because of the game plan and things of that nature that gets you ready and what you're going to do against whoever your opponent is that night however Mm -hmm. but again are you children or adults they're professional athletes yeah they are there as proponent like top scholars of the game they're there because of their skill and add to it if we're looking at prior teams of the red wings i don't know if we can use those as, as an example because they've been fucking garbage I mean, simple. Exactly. Last we did a whole last... episode on how much talent Jeff Blasio lost every year since he got here. Why do you think Mike Babcock left? Last year, we finally... Oh, he saw the writing Bad. on the wall. Yeah. But last year, we finally got to see what a decent roster Blasio could do, or what what Jeff Blasio could do with a decent roster. And now, again this season. And now they've upgraded on top of that roster, yeah. on top of staying healthy. And we're seeing what his system can now, again, it's not going to be every single night. They don't have a roster that can do that. They're not Tampa. They're not Washington. They're not those teams. But he's making it happen, and they look good doing it. The players help, obviously. That's any team. But I'm not not blaming him. Like When I was naive, I blamed him for everything that was happening because we were so spoiled on what the Red Wings had all of those years. Now looking back, I was a fucking idiot. Some may say that I still am. I I don't care, but to say we don't know. No, you're not. And we I... talked about this. We don't know what Blasio can do as a coach. You look at his history. Everywhere he's gone, he's been a successful head coach. 
Yeah, we know what he's done. We know what as he's a done. Coach. Now we can see with the roster turning over and the players are becoming good. And it also helps that he got rid of Dan Bilesma. Yep. So that uh, somebody step off my soapbox there. There's Ryan Stump. I think I think the fact that that he's gone through all the shit that he's gone through has definitely made him a better coach. I mean, that's no question whatsoever. I mean, they've of course, yeah, when he first got here, he had one year of Datsuk and then he had Zetterberg and, and yeah. you know, Kroner and all those guys. But, like, now it's obviously starting to turn yeah. around where he, he has the Lucas Raymonds and the Morris Siders and, you know, Suter, players Larkin, like that. Bert. And, yeah, he's doing well. And for yeah. people yeah, and for people well. that say Jeff Blaschel ruins player development. I no, saw that recently. Can we touch on that one, too? Because <laughs> what the at- fuck? Is Lucas Raymond ruined? Is, is Dylan Larkin been ruined? Ruined? Yeah. yeah. Is Larkin ruined? But Larkin's starting to score yeah, goals man. now. No, it's almost like Larkin's a hundred percent healthy and doing what Dylan Larkin does. Knock on wood, right? Oh, my whole desk is wood. Yeah, here we go. But That's but the thing idea. is, is yeah. yeah, Larkin's doing what Larkin's Look supposed at, to be. I mean, Heronic. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Let's go through the roster. Who's guys Andy that he Larkin, has pretty much had a hand noticed, in his entire career? You, Gustav Lindstrom. Crazy. Have you noticed <laughs> that the Larkin is not a first line center talk has kind of died? died Someone I a saw a comment about that today. Some but did they say that on the broadcast the other I night? Don't did think they? so. I don't know. I don't see my problem is is that a lot of times when the games start. Look what he's helped do with a guy like Robbie Fabry. Sure. Larkin, yeah. the main point to or the one of the main things about being a star player or being an elite <laughs> player or being a very, very good hockey player is making people around you better. Mm-hmm. Joe Valeno Larkin He's on the that. ice. Larkin makes oh, the people around him shit. better. No matter who Larkin... Bertuzzi would not be Tyler Bertuzzi without Dylan Larkin. Hands down. Would not be nope. Tyler Bertuzzi without Dylan Larkin. As much as people love Tyler Bertuzzi because he's gritty and he goes to the corners and he just pucks and he scores goals. <laughs> Great. It's what hockey players are supposed to do. Dylan Larkin makes Tyler Bertuzzi better. Yeah. The games where there is no Dylan Larkin watch what Tyler Bertuzzi does because it's next to nothing. Uh, yeah. Kind of like the, we, which, which game was it? Uh, Boston. Let's not talk about that only, game now. Please. I think the only player on this team that is the same without Dylan Larkin is right now is Lucas Raymond. The only other forward mm-hmm. on that line. Yeah. Is Lucas Raymond. Exactly. Because Lucas Raymond does the same thing. Lucas Raymond is an elite playmaker, makes people around him better because he can get them the better. puck. It's, it's beautiful to watch Dylan Larkin play hockey. Again, this is here's my Dylan Larkin stump speech. We're gonna get on the we're we're doing hit, hitting the oldies today. The soapbox. We're, we're running the oldies today, Ryan. Jeff Blashell's a decent coach, and Dylan Larkin's good at See, hockey. This is why we need to have Pete on. Just to, we need to have a Jeff Blashell special, and let Pete just go crazy. Oh boy! I just and it's again. It goes back to this scapegoating. They can't scapegoat Jeff Blashell. No, they can't scapegoat Dylan Larkin. Oh, that's a trip. It's, so who they scapegoat? They scapegoat Philip Zadina because he's not scoring a million goals because you have to have someone to blame things on. And that's who they pick. And if I think that's like the old school way of thinking sure. about things I, though. But you got to have someone to take your anger out on because people aren't not everyone is level-headed. The thing is if Philip mm-hmm. Zadina is your scapegoat and you're mad at Philip Zadina, then your team's doing pretty well because mm-hmm. Philip Zadina is still playing well. Well, you, you so. think about it, it's kind of the bullshit that Habs fans have kind of done to Caulfield and what they did to Kakaniemi. Well, it didn't help the Habs sent Caulfield to the AHL. No, it so. didn't. And thankfully, Zina, <laughs> it kind of Zadina fueled, has not faced that right. fire a little bit. Yeah. 
Boston Ryan chirped a kid with a Kotkaniemi jersey on. Yeah, last night. Was Kotkaniemi jersey on? Uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. would have. The blue one. The blue one. That kid probably spent 300 bucks on that <laughs> jersey. Guy. I feel bad. Like, like, he fuck, probably man. spent Canadian money on that. That's probably worse. Oh, even more. Yeah, it's like 350 Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Oof. I think those are stump speeches is that Jeff Blaschel, he's shown with a good lineup what he can do. And this team is a winning team now. If they go... I have one other little stump speech if you, if you let stump me your life away, Tyler. Lucas Raymond. I know we we're just going to love him how... every episode. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the jersey's coming. We need to start uh, getting a sponsor um, from like you know Trojan or something to contain ourselves here. Tyler giggled. Greg just looked in disgust because he muted. <laughs> it's funny because you know everyone talks about like wingers and they don't play a lot of defense and you know most of them are one dimensional goal scorers and whatever. He is the exception. Oh my God. He's not just one of those guys that winds up from the slot and takes a one timer on the power play. Yeah, he can do that too, but he's, he's so good at smart. passing. Well, shit, the goal to the goal from Larkin tonight, that just right there, the, the pass that he made to get in the puck. People think I'm crazy saying this. He has a mind like Datsuk. He reads the game similar to what Pavel Datsuk did. He's good at taking the puck away. He is a fantastic player, and you know what? He makes players around him better, even if Dylan Larkin's not on the yeah. ice. You want a lifetime Red Wing? Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider are your next lifetime Red Wings. You it, cannot let guys well, – like, those are your yep. franchise players. You cannot let guys like that go. And just, you got Edvinson coming in. I was just getting in. ready to say that Edvinson is in the freaking wings right now. No pun intended. And, and look at what yep. Sebastian Kosa has been doing. He's been killing it. If that so, continues and he just can – like can maintain that type of play good lord watch out the vasilevsky comparisons <sighs> will just continue and to say that in and to compare and i think i said it last time to compare cider to victor hedman cider has i think mm. a much better head than victor hedman he sees the game what's better. edvinson's comparison you think? Uh, i think edvinson was also a victor hedman comparison it's just it's, a, it's an easy <laughs> one when they're sweets and because yeah. they're huge but edvinson's tearing it up right now william wallander William Wallander is scoring goals at will currently. And the the knock on him when we took him, and I think it was the early second round pick when we took Wallander, was that they didn't know if he could put his game together or if he, he could start clicking, and he's taken off. So we've got defensive prospects among defensive prospects among defensive prospects lined up. Some of them are going to have to be used at trade bait at some point. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you can have a league's all-star defense in there, and then you're paying – your defense is going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs forwards where four of them are making 40% of your salary cap. So, Well, the one thing I will say, too, it's like I, I've i been places recently. I've been to a couple games and, you know, talking to just people, just like hockey fans, randomly, and, um, you know, you – basically telling them who you're a fan of or whatever. And like, they're like, yeah, your team's getting ready to be really good soon. You should really get ready for it. Oh, we're like, ready. I know this. We've we're been ready. ready. We've been so much misery been ready so since long. that playoff streak <laughs> ended. We started this podcast in misery and we're going to have like fucking nothing to talk about when the team is really good. What are we going to do? Just oh, no, like, it's going to be oh. us. We're going to find the, the stupidest type of shit to bitch about. Yeah. That's what, it's gonna, like, that's what we're going to end up being. No, that's just what you Ryan, do. did you see that concession hot dog prices went up by $2 at Little Seats? That's, that's what we're going to be able to complain about because we can't complain about the I team. thought you were being serious there. I was like, wait no. a minute, why? 
Ryan's like, fuck that. I'm never buying a hot dog. Can we talk about the fact that Sausage House has been open? Is that what it's called? Or what's it called? Yeah. It only closes when Isaac goes. Uh, Each each Wings game I've gone to, they've been open. And my God, that place is so good. Their food is so good. I want to get you guys' final thoughts. And tonight we'll start with Tyler. Let's start with Ryan last time. Yeah, so my final thoughts are, I mean, this team has continued to be fun. Um, I think they're going to be competitive a lot of this year. I mean, they they give you a like an entertainment factor, if, you, if that makes sense. Like, they're entertaining night in and night out. And, yeah, they're going to have games like Washington, and they're going to have games like Calgary where they just can't score. But they adjust. It really seems like – they're good at coming back and, you know, not, not putting together losses. They really come back and, and put some games together and, and really kind of they're able to bounce back, I guess is the best way I was looking to say that, but yeah, I mean, this team's been fun. Hopefully it continues. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot to look forward to as Red Wings fans here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at seal dog 91. Uh, my final thoughts are Lucas Raymond is good. RD Ryan 33. <laughs> really good at hockey. Yeah. Yep. Um, so is Mo Sider. I'm just really glad I got my uh, Raymond for Calder money in when it was plus 2,400 because I think it's a little under 300 right now. So it, it I, this kid just, like like Tyler said, the kid is phenomenal. And I just don't, I, there's no other way to put it. Him and Mo Sider are both fantastic. So. Mm. How do we have both of those guys coming up at the same time? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's Iserman. Believe in, like Darren McCarty would say, believe in the wiser plan. That's, the what, wiser he, that's plan. what I'm going to say. I love that. Um, <laughs> but you can follow me online at Breaking the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. If you could check out our merch by going to redbubble.com and searching the Grindline. We also post our shop link on Twitter quite a bit. We're selling shirts like hotcakes. Uh, there is a Lucas Raymond one. Uh, and everybody loves Ru- Lucas Raymond one up right now that is doing very well. So is Mo with the flow. Uh, we sent one out to Carly Johnston. She wore it to a game. Uh, so we've got our merch in the games right now, which is awesome. We'll soon have our merch at other locations as well, where you should be able to drop by an actual store and pick up stuff. Uh, but if you use promo code GRINDLINE at howieshockeytape.com, you get 10% off your order. You use the same promo code at BRINGHOCKEYBACK. You get 12% uh, off your order. But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.